What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Aaron Day of Fat for Weight Loss on the podcast today. How are you, man? I'm super, super, super fantastic. Uh, it's uh, I'm in Australia over here, so it's in the morning for you. I think it might be in the afternoon for you, but all good. We're, uh, we're I'm super excited to start this podcast. Shoot, yeah, man. What what time is it over there? Uh, it is currently eight o'clock in the morning, so it's not too early. I've uh, I've definitely had worse. I've I've woken up at three o'clock in the morning to do conversations <laughs> with the states. <laughs> Being in Australia is just pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's five o'clock here, but I have to imagine waking up crazy early and trying to make the time time zone differences work. It's got to be a headache. Yeah, definitely. It it, uh, it it has its perks. Like I live in Brisbane here in Australia, and it hardly ever rains, and we just have fantastic weather all year round. Um, but I, you you know what? I just realized we're talking about the weather on a podcast, so I'm just going <laughs> to skip right over that. <laughs> what what's the what's the actually this we can segue in here. Like when I talk to you on your podcast last week or week before last i'm like man this guy's got a cool accent and then you say you're from australia what's the uh what's the keto space like in australia like i've always wondered is it pretty pretty hot right there um so i mean like for the online space definitely america is much bigger mainly because you guys just have 10 times the amount of people that we do so creating an online business um is is much much easier in the states as opposed to australia but in saying that, though, like Australia has some fantastic people, you know, in the health and nutrition space um, who are doing really, really well. And I think um, Australians are sort of, um, I guess, like they're, they're pretty no frills when it comes to how they eat and, and uh, you know, the types of nutrition that they have. And so there's a lot of people who still do like relatively clean eating, but it's not just uh, specifically keto. So I'd... I'd have to say that I think there's the two keto dudes down in Melbourne. They're fantastic. Um, there's a there's Rachel uh, from Melbourne as well. Uh, there's a, there's a few other like keto bloggers that are around, but um, it's a pretty small community here. And I think that I I have a lot more uh, of uh, like people probably know me more in the states. Mind you, though, I sold my camera the other day. And uh, I'm just selling it on eBay because I needed some more money to pay for something else. Anyway, the 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 lady, she was like, "Oh, are you fat for weight loss?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I'm Aaron." She's like, "I've been following you for 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 all you know." She she li- literally lives like 20 minutes up the road, <laughs> and so I dropped the camera around to her, and uh, she was there, and her mum was there, and they were taking selfies, and like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's, there's, it's pretty cool when you like run into somebody that's been following you for a while and supports you and they're like ecstatic to see you and you're just like, I'm just a regular old dude, but I'll take a picture with you. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, and you know, being in Australia, you just don't feel like you would ever have that. Um, and so it's so weird to, you know, to dr- drop into someone literally 20 minutes up the road and for them yeah. to have been following everything that you do because, I yeah, it's just it's just absolutely mind-blowing <laughs> I, yeah. I i left that day and i was like oh my gosh like i i've i've been in her living room i've been in there i've been in there but like not in real person like just on her phone or whatever it was yeah it's crazy man awesome. i love it i love it what's the uh the keto like food options like in australia because like here 
you got all kinds of companies popping up offering, you know, some kind of keto friendly food product uh, or like supplements or anything. Is that, is there much of that in Australia or no? Um, it's, it's obviously it's nowhere as big as the, the States. Like we don't necessarily have any of those like keto snack options. Um, in terms of meal services, I think some people are offering low carb, um, but not necessarily keto. Uh, and then there's, um, there are a few companies that are sort of popping up that do like keto bars. So there's essentially keto and there's, um, a, a few other people sort of doing MCT oil powder and there's Temple Nutrition doing the MCT oil, but they cater to a very wide audience and it's not just in the keto space. So, um, for instance, if, if someone had a keto brick here in Australia, I don't know whether they would have the same amount of, um, revenue and audience that you might yeah. get in the States just simply because there's <laughs> just not enough people, you know, and not enough people doing keto. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Speaking of keto, man, what, what got you into keto? Like what was your journey to keto, so to speak? Um, well, my journey was that I was a cyclist training for a, a really big event. Um, well, big for me anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's a single day event called the um, Three Peaks and it's down in Melbourne. And you basically ride 250 Ks approximately, which is I think about 100 and, 125 miles or 150 miles. Um, and But the problem is, is that like the distance generally isn't the problem. It's the three mountains that you have to go over <laughs> to mm -hmm. actually get to the end. And so I was training for that and um, I was listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss and a lot, uh, and a lot of, um, uh, I was actually um, really into Doug McGuff at the time as well and um, Dr. Doug McGuff and mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily that he's keto, but I sort of tried to understand what endurance was without carbohydrates. And I was really curious as to, you know, because in these long rides, these long events, you simply just get sick of of sugary gels. You get sick of you just get sick of consuming so much food. And the GI distress that comes along with that is is a whole nother thing. But I was really interested in seeing what the ketogenic diet might be able to do for not only my cycling, but uh for anything else like running and uh and it's just, you know, doing really long, crazy hard rides. Like I, I got into tour cycling as well. Um, but yeah, that's sort of how I started the ketogenic diet. I was, I was trialing, um, trying to get more endurance out of what I was already doing. But, uh, you know, when you first start the ketogenic diet, inevitably you fail <laughs> and I failed mm -hmm. pretty hard and, uh, I got about four weeks in and, um, you sort of ride with a pack. So when you're a cyclist, you, you're riding to a breast and, you know, you know, a big group of 30 people maybe. Um, and when someone puts the hammer down, when someone wants to go really fast, the whole group sort of speeds up. And I just kept falling out the back. I was just kept being left behind and I just wasn't sure what was going on. And, um, and so that's when I sort of stopped keto and I thought maybe this isn't for endurance activities after all. And, and so I sort of got back into it after that and I've been going ever since. And I definitely think you can do it now. It's just I was doing it wrong to start with. Mm-hmm. What what do you think you may have been doing wrong? Like what what would you have changed now, going back if you could do it over again? Look, um, so I recently did a ketogenic marathon, and um, and I sort of took the, a similar approach to to what I did the first time. Was is that I went 
very low carb. Like, you, you know, with, with the ketogenic diet, you have to be low carb. Otherwise, uh, in, quote unquote, it's not deemed keto, right? But, but I think the issue is, is that I probably wasn't getting enough salt. I think mm-hmm. salt is a really, really important thing on the ketogenic diet in endurance sports. Um, and uh, I was listening to a, I think it was a YouTube video the other day, and um, the diet doctor was talking to this guy who was into triathlons and he was doing um, the, the ketogenic diet and he was saying that he spoke to um, uh, Dr. Finney and he was saying that you're just not eating enough salt and so you need to get more salt. There's like, there's this, it's a huge limit with the, the amount of salt that you need as an endurance athlete and I think he was taking like 10 grams a day maybe. Oh, um, wow. Which is a lot. <laughs> Um, and so for me, like when I did the keto marathon, I sort of upped my salt a lot and I, and I find it helped, but I don't think I ever, um, got to the point where it was enough even then. And it's, it's again, like it's a mind shift because, uh, you know, when you first go to the ketogenic diet, the amount of fat that you actually need to consume is, is mind boggling from, from when you're eating a high carbohydrate diet, because, uh, not only do you feel that fat is bad when it goes into your body? You just have this innate sense that what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same thing with salt. Like if you're consuming too much salt, you're like, oh, I don't know whether this is uh, <laughs> going to be that great. But, but ultimately, like that helps you uh, burn the energy that you need to when you're, uh, when you're in that, you know, sort of um, mafetone pace, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, like going back to the initial question, I guess, what would I have done? when I first went keto is that one, I just wasn't having enough salt. Two, I was doing like a very standard ketogenic diet. So um, pretty high fat and ultra low carb. But I think that, you know, for the amount of exercise and the amount of energy output that I was doing, I I think I sort of needed to look at the ketogenic diet as a ratio and not just a 20 gram limit per day uh, on the carbs. Um, Just because I think that some carbs is important when you're doing those types of activities. Yeah, it, the the electrolyte thing, I man, like the salt. That's that's one of the most common mistakes I see amongst my clients. Is you know everybody wants to know about supplements, but I put so much more of an emphasis on electrolytes. You know, as a supplement, like sodium and potassium. If you get those in check, like almost everything is going to improve. Mm, yeah, and and if you don't have enough sodium, your body actually starts trying to produce it from other places. And so it, de- it, it depletes you in other minerals and other vitamins and, uh, you know, it starts using potassium in strange ways. And, and so even just like the amount of sodium that you need is, is very, very important. And then magnesium as well is, is, is so heavily reliant on all of your ATP production and the amount of energy that you can actually get out of your mitochondria. So magnesium is like so important. <laughs> and I think, you know, not many, not many athletes, um, especially will think to take enough magnesium uh, and uh, I think the, f- the first common signs of magnesium deficiency are like leg cramps and not being able to sleep and those types of things but you know if you take magnesium from there you sort of need to take it enough so that um, you refill your magnesium energy you know deprivation sort of style but you also need to have surplus so that when you go out and do these huge rides or these huge long days that your body can keep tapping into that without having to break down other parts of your body to use 
or magnesium or you know whatever it is that you're trying to do so yeah i think electrolytes is like one of the biggest things and uh and those electrolyte like tablets that uh, i was trying electrolyte tablets for for a long time and they just don't contain enough salt and, and, I, and i don't know whether that's just me i am a huge guy i'm six foot five so so maybe that's maybe that's my issue. Like the whole world doesn't really like fit into <laughs> into what I do. Six foot five is probably not the average. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I found that I was, you know, spending way too much money on electrolyte tablets, and I just started just making my own with salt and a little bit of lemon juice, um, and uh, dumping a whole bunch of magnesium in there, and so that that really helped for me. What do, so you just you just buy it all in bulk and then you just kind of make your own pills? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I so my mum studied uh, naturopathy and then she was a a health scientist and so she got me very into vitamins essentially, which is like magnesium and uh, vitamin C and uh, all of those different types of things. So I've always got magnesium hanging around, whether it's in powdered form or tablets, or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, just just using magnesium in bulk, using salt in bulk, uh, and potassium if you can get it, but uh, if you're eating enough spinach and, and avocados and, and whatnot, you can sort of get away with that. But, um, well, that, that's for me personally, I guess. But, yeah, making it in bulk is, is uh, much easier and much cheaper as well. Yeah, for sure. I, was, I, I don't know if I haven't verified this yet, but I've heard that one of the electrolyte supplements that I use here a lot in the States, the Vega Hydrator, just recently changed their formula and they've got like a third or like a quarter of the potassium and magnesium that they had in the original formula. So I don't I don't know I don't know what that is here in the States, but everybody seems like downtrend their their electrolyte levels, which is just odd to me. I don't know why. It needs to be the other way around. Yeah, it's strange. I mean like, you know, a balance of electrolytes is always going to be more sodium than potassium and magnesium. But for them to like, you know, reduce it by that much, it's strange, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems crazy though. We got a little backwards here. Well, man, go, go into detail. You kind of alluded to other interesting, I wanted, I wanted to have a keto for sure, but I want to kind of get like a full picture of you and kind of like your lifestyle, so, so to speak. So talk about, talk about your ride, man. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, so I had this, I had this big goal uh, when I was going through uni. I um, I sort of had a bike to get to and from uni. Or no, actually, I didn't have a bike to start with. I was, I was extremely poor. I was living off like maybe a hundred dollars a week, and uh, that included rent. So <laughs> you can imagine how much money I had to spend on food. Um, and I somehow managed to swindle a bike, and uh, so I was riding to and from uni to sort of cut the cost of having to take the train. And, um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's just here in Australia, but I'm sure it's everywhere. Like when you finish uni, you sort of have these goals to, to either travel or go straight into work. And so for me, I was like, well, I'd really love to travel, but at the moment I just don't have enough money, you know? And, uh, and I thought, well, what would happen if you traveled on a bike? Like if you just took everything you had and started riding and camped everywhere, like ultimately that would be much cheaper, right? And, uh, and so I sort of started doing that in Australia. So there's like these old uh, railway tracks that go up through Ipswich and, um, you know, people ride to Melbourne and those types of things. But I wasn't quite that insane at the, at the start. 
Um, but eventually I sort of started it and I sort of got my feet a little bit. And then people around me started going, oh, what are you doing? Why are you riding your bike? Like, why have you got all these bags on your bike that have got a tent in it and stuff? And, uh, and so eventually <clears throat> I got four other uh, friends of mine really, really keen on going to Europe, which was my ultimate dream. Going to Europe, riding a bike through Europe and uh, basically camping as you go. And so that was last year that that happened. So it was seven years later. <laughs> um, and it was just the, it was just the best thing you know at, at the time like riding through those countries i wasn't following a ketogenic diet but i think it would have helped if i was because you know exercise and you know riding 130k's a day you if you if you're still got poor nutrition you're not going to make yourself any better um and and you know if i you know potentially if i was keto through throughout that time that would have been really really awesome but i didn't because i wanted to try all the things in the different countries but uh yeah we spent four weeks on the bikes and uh it was the best trip like you know there was the like in europe camping is very different to here in australia like we we were doing these these training rides and we'd go out to um lake manchester here in brisbane and it's not a lake <laughs> it's a it's a flat patch of grass <laughs> with scorpions um and and like you know head high grass this is the camping area right um and and to get in you have to walk your bike because the trail is way too rocky to, to get in you have to walk for 5k's on top of the like 70k's that you've already done up and down huge hills it's just like australia's crazy to do <laughs> to do anything and uh we Man. go to europe and uh you know we're we're, we're riding along with with uh, pensioners essentially with um with their electric bikes and i thought oh man like what are we doing we are like these rebels from australia with all their camping gear and we rock up to the camping sites in europe and uh they've got you know we went we stayed in one in hungary and there was like hot spas and there was literally a pool filled with people and a dj playing and, and like in comparison to what we were used to here in australia we, we were like you're never going to tell anyone about this. <laughs> it was just nowhere near as hard as we thought. But um, yeah, that that was that was that trip. And uh, you know, during that time, I was trying to build fat for weight loss um, because you know that I'd had a keto bread video that sort of went viral, and and people started to really notice what I was doing. And so I'm trying to like run a business on my phone for two months and it was just <laughs> it was just crazy but so worth it so worth it what were you doing prior to that like what would you do and what were you doing as a profession prior to starting all that well uh so i was a musician for a long time <clears throat> um and uh, i was in a band and we traveled around australia and that was the best experience like i've i've never really had any uh experience more real uh in terms of building a business with regards to setting yourself up, making sure that you, you've got quality content, you know. Uh, and, and the whole band thing sort of faded away a little bit. Um, and our lead singer, he is now signed to Sony and he's doing just fantastic work now. But in the meantime, I, I became a software developer. <clears throat> and, um, and that's where I learned how to code and I learned how to, you know, build websites and I learned how to do all of that. And I was studying nutrition on the side. And, um, and yeah, so I sort of, did that and then up until about this year was when I 
actually quit my my developing job and went full time on uh, on fat for weight loss and and for me that was just crazy because i'd done i'd done self work before like i've always been an entrepreneur type person i've always had a dj business or i've been helping people or you know trying to make money anywhere i can and at the end of the day like money really doesn't matter you know you just as long as as long as i'm helping people as long as i'm helping someone do what they want to do like it, that was ultimately the best thing for me and i realized that i was like working for someone else um doing software development for like point of sale systems it was it was a great job but it just wasn't me and uh so i went full time this year and it's just been the best the best thing ever um just you know it fits more with my personality so that i can help people um and uh you know it's it's really important to be able to do your own thing even though you work so much harder uh, i think it's and you would know the same i think you're, yeah, you're, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just it's just a whole nother ball game. So, looking at your life, like on a timeline, you you were in a band. What what did you do in the band? <laughs> I was a I was a keyboard player, but I'm a bass player by trade. Keyboard, so keyboard and bass player. You did that, <laughs> and then you got into software development, and yeah. then you decided that you didn't like that, so you're going to start your own business in fat for weight loss. And when you started that, you decided you were going to go on a two month bike ride across the country yeah yeah so so yeah yeah exactly i love it man yeah and i think you know like things in life never happen at the right times um but you've really just got to embrace it and and i sort of took the the four-hour approach to to uh my life at that time when i was overseas and i thought well if you know if it all falls apart then i kind of really lost anything um but if it stays together, then I've I've found something that's going to be really really important for me, uh, and turns out stay together. Um, but yeah, I mean, like whether it's having kids or whether it's you know getting a new job or whether it's starting a new business, like things in life never happen when you think they will or when they should. And uh, and rolling with the punches and and doing what you think is right, I think is is by far the most important thing because you're never going to be in the right space at the right time. I completely agree, man. I think no matter what happens, as long as you know that you're doing the best you can in the situation that you have in front of you, I mean, then you can sleep easy. Because I mean, like if there if there's any hesitation in your day to day activities, or if you feel like you're holding back, then that's gonna just weigh on you. You're gonna have that regret. But if like just chaos is just happening and you just embrace that chaos, but then you <laughs> charge forward and you just do the best you can with it. And then, I mean, what else can you ask for? I mean, you know you're doing the best you can, so there's yeah. no no reason to hold your head down. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, um, and, yeah, I think it's really important to be doing good things as well. You know, like you don't want to um, – you, you want to be really, really effective with your time and you want to be um, so, so laser-focused on the things that actually matter. Uh, and then when that happens, and, and oftentimes when you're more busy or when you've – got more on your plate is where you're actually more effective and i find that all the time that you know you said yes to too many things uh and you look at your calendar and you go uh oh <laughs> this is going to be a crazy week um but you know you 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 oftentimes are just doing the things that matter um and and you don't have time to think about the things that don't um and and i mean like there's you know there's a bit of a pull and push scenario with that but i think that most of the time 
And even when it's, you know, doing the ketogenic diet, if, if you're sitting there and questioning exactly everything that you're doing um, all the time, like it, it can weigh you down. And so when you don't have much time to think about it and you're just doing it, um, is, is possibly the most liberating experience ever because you just see results without the stress of wondering if it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I completely agree, man. There, I mean, there's times where I wish I had more time to to plan or be more proactive instead of reactive. Um, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm so busy with the day to day and like building for tomorrow that I I literally cannot be bothered by just the stupid little minutia that happens through the day that most people just obsess over. Mm-hmm. And having that kind of freedom from that is is absolutely liberating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyone who's listening to this podcast, just get busy (laughs) (laughs) and everything will fall into place. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, we'll, we'll dive into, dive into, you fat for weight loss, man. Like what, what was the, uh, the story behind that? Why fat for weight loss? Like what, what motivates you to make that your business? Um, so I'd always had a, a really big interest in the ketogenic diet. Well, okay. I've had a huge interest in nutrition my entire life. Um, but when the ketogenic diet came around, um, I sort of thought that there was a little bit more to it than, than what a lot of people were thinking. Like, um, you know, it was used traditionally to treat epilepsy. There was, there was a lot of things that, you know, could have benefited a lot of people, um, if, if put in the right way. And I think, uh, that's, that's the problem with a lot of eating habits is that, a lot, you know, people can't find ways to make it sustainable. So, so when I first started the ketogenic diet, <clears throat> and I was doing it trying to, you know, improve my endurance, I got to I got to this stage where I thought, you know, there's there's got to be an easier way to do all of these things. Like I was I was meal prepping a lot, um, and I like I mean, you know, a lot of people tend to eat unhealthy not because they know that or they don't know that the food is bad is because they they don't have time to cook and they don't have time to like prepare meals and they don't they don't know how to make something taste delicious out of only a few ingredients and um and at the time I didn't either and so I just started learning and I started um my my partner Adele she she is a trained or half trained chef <laughs> and um mm-hmm. and so she taught me a lot of the skills that I have now. And, um, and I thought, you know what? If this could be applied to the ketogenic diet, then, um, I, you know, I think a lot of people would probably benefit from this. And so at the time, I was, um, I was talking to a friend and he really wanted to get out of his business. He was, he was working for someone else, like sort of in the same scenario that I was in this year. Uh, he was working for someone else and he really wanted to start something online that he could eventually switch into. And, and I really liked that idea. I was like, you know, that, that sounds fantastic. It, it also sounds like a dream and I don't think it's possible, but let's give it a crack. And so he started his thing. I started my thing and we, we, we started it and, you know, there's no like, if there's if there's nothing to hold you accountable, you don't really get anywhere. And so and so after a little while, uh, he said, "Okay, I need to make this real in my head. I need to like make a real commitment to this. I need to make a hundred dollars in a month." 
somehow. Like by helping people, I need to make a hundred dollars this month. And I said, Oh, all right, I'm in. And, uh, and so in the first month, um, we had this idea that, you know, you go out and you find 10 people and you ask them, how can I help you with this, you know, with this idea that I've got? And so for me, I, I used the ketogenic diet and I said, I, I've reached out to, I think I've reached out to 50 people uh, and I got 10 responses. And um, so that was pretty good odds for me. <laughs> and I said, look, can, if I make you a meal plan based around the ketogenic diet, based around sort of what I've been doing and focusing in on your goals, would you pay me $10? And they were like, yeah, sweet, 10 bucks, <laughs> of course. And so I had 10 people pay me $10 and I made $100 in one month. And and I thought, wow, this is this is something that I thought was never going to be possible, not only because like the money, I didn't care about the money, the the fact that I could help people and I could, you know, help them move towards like, I was working with um, a lot of software developers and you're sitting down all day. You, you don't get much exercise because you're in an office, you know, you're away from the sun. There's just, there's so many things wrong with being in an office all day. And, uh, and so I was essentially trying to help these people just, uh, you know, clean up their diet, make a, a change for the better and, um, and hopefully lose a little bit of weight along the way. And, um, and so that worked and I, and I couldn't believe it. And I didn't make any money for the next like six months after that. <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause, um, when you start a food blog and you start making recipes, it just, it just takes a long time to catch. Um, and, and it also takes a lot of persistence and consistency and everything. But, um, yeah, that, that was sort of how I started. And, um, and that was at the start of 2017. So a year and a half later, uh, and, you know, I've we've I've got two hundred recipes on the website now. I've just launched another website um specifically to help people. Like um I, I have this terrible tendency where I would help people at the detriment of myself. Um and mm-hmm. and it really comes back to bite me because you end up um like I was talking to one of my clients yesterday and just you know, I was just trying to get her feedback on on some of the stuff that I was doing and we ended up talking for two hours. And I got off and I thought, oh, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> um, but you know, connecting with people, making um, making connections with people, I just it is just so so soul filling. Uh, and it sounds so silly to say, but um, you know, doing those things really gives me a lot of life. Um, and uh, and and now I can eventually make a business out of it, which is which is crazy to think. Like I was working in a desk job a year and a half ago um and uh and here i am now which is just just crazy no that's very admirable man like it's um it's awesome to to start something that you don't really know if it's going to work or not like the thing about starting your own business is there's no guarantee like there's no guarantee that all your effort and work is going to turn out to, to amount to anything mm. and that's a huge risk especially if you have like a family or you know kids or any kind of big expenses. I mean, to, to start on something like this and know it's going to be a huge time commitment and resource commitment and not know that it's going to work. I mean, that I think is probably what holds so many people back that and the fact that they don't think that they have anything to offer. Um, but so just simply jumping and then making it work. I mean, I, I take my hat off to you for that. Yeah. And, and you know, for, for anyone listening who, who is thinking about starting a business, um, 
you're probably not going to have weekends for the next like six to seven months. Um, and even when you do get your weekends back, you know, the, your family's not going to like you. <laughs> um, and, and it's sort of this, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a two-edged sword, you know, because, yeah, you're right, you, you jump into the unknown. Um, but, but I think the most important thing is to get feedback from people. And, and to get feedback from people, you can't just like anonymously put things on the internet or, or anon- anonymously create things or products, whatever it is. Go out and make something for for the person you think it's for, or go out and make something for uh, the for, for you. Like, um, and and if you're doing things that way, ultimately they're going to be much better because you have a little bit of pride in what you're doing. And uh, and 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 second of all, like you're actually going to be helping people. And I had all of these ideas to start with. Like, I was like, oh, I can make this recipe spinner. You know, you can go to this website and if you're not sure what you're going to make for dinner, you can just type, you, you know, you press the space bar and this thing's going to go flipping around on your screen. And, uh, and I was like, who is that going to help? No one. <laughs> it's not going to help anyone. <laughs> and, uh, and so I have this big thing on, uh, on my wall now that's like, who is this helping? Who, what, what is the thing that you're doing today helping? for someone else or um, yeah I mean when you're starting a business you need to make sure that you're helping people and if you are then even if that you even if it doesn't become a business or even if it didn't become a thing you learned so much from that experience that it was worth it anyway um, so that's yeah, my I totally agree man. I totally agree I think so many companies are getting in for like to make a quick buck especially in the keto space because keto is really hot right now they'll jump in and make a quick buck and I it's just it's sad to see because it, it just dilutes the quality that's out there, um, yeah. or it makes the quality rise to the top, I guess, because people can see through it. But it, it's sad to see people have such a short-sighted, you know, scope on business and and building a customer customer base. Because I don't know, like I, I've tried to take my whole business from like a very long game approach, in that you know, if I don't make any money for the next you know, 10 years, but I build the foundation that's going to, you know, propel me forward from that. And it's worth it to me, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the YouTube videos and the podcast, like if nobody listens to this until 10 years of me pumping them out, but then everybody listens to it, like, it's okay. You know, like <laughs> yeah. having that long game approach and just being okay with the fact that it's going to take forever is, is very, very key. And, and you know what, there's like, there's something special in that because, um, there are a lot of people creating content and they look at their first video and they're like, why didn't anyone see it? Why isn't anyone watching it? And I was the same too. I saw that I saw that from a content perspective and it wasn't the first time I'd done this. Like I was a musician for a long time. Like we released albums and you give it to people and they're like, oh yeah, and they just don't listen to it. And you're like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> but you haven't yeah. done anything wrong. You just have to go through the process of making a lot of content or at least like going back and making sure that the content is good or like giving yourself mm-hmm. some honest feedback and, and or getting feedback from other people and uh and being open and honest to to you know what you're creating is uh is is so important because then it doesn't matter who listens to it or or who watches it because you know it's good content um and and then you know like obviously sort of like I was when I first started the website I was taking photos on my iPhone uh, and I look back at those photos now and I was like, what was I thinking? But at the time I thought it was the king of the world. Like, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, some perspective is really good too. But 
you know, ultimately you, you sort of have to create content to get better at creating content. And so, and there's a lot of people who are scared to do that. Um, so, so having that in mind with the sort of the 10 year scope, uh, is a, is a great way because you sort of like side cut all of that because you're creating content so much, like with your daily vlogs, you're creating content every single day and every single day you're getting 1% better. And so mm-hmm. in a year, you've just become 365% better than you were at the start. Even if no one was watching it, it doesn't matter. Like you've just become a better person. Yeah, 100%, man. That is the right way to look at it. Mm. And it, that carries over and transcends into like nutrition as well. You know, like yeah, I didn't have all the answers. I still don't have all the answers, but each kind of experiment I do or manipulation I make, I learn more about my body. And then I could take that knowledge and apply it to my clients and then see how their body responds and apply it to other clients. It's just constantly evolving. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's totally true, you know, and, um, and diet especially because uh, we're all looking for the magic pill uh, and they're just there, there isn't one. Um, and it is, it is all about becoming really good at finding what's wrong and fixing it and, and not like lingering too much on the problem. Um, and so, yeah, the ketogenic diet is the perfect thing because there are so many people who, who don't start because they are scared to. And I, and I get it. Like it's, it's, it's scary from the other side because you don't know if all of these things are going to work for you. And the only real way to find that out is to start and to try. Um, do you, do you find that with the people that, that come to you as well? Yeah, I mean, everybody, they've just been told for so long that, you know, fat is bad, kind of like what you were saying earlier, and they just have that stigma, and they're they're scared um, of just jumping all in. But, I mean, honestly, like, just jumping in is the best way to do anything in life, like total immersion. Like, if you want to learn a new language, you just go to that country to learn a new <laughs> language. Like, total immersion is key. Mm, yeah, it's totally true, you know. Uh, I, I had a friend who, who went to Italy for a year, came back and could speak um, perfect Italian. And uh, here I am in the same spot, in the same country, in the same world, you know, um, and uh, and he's gone out and done all these great things and come back. Um, and I think, you know, that's what sparks a lot of the change for most people is that they see someone else doing the ketogenic diet and they've had a lot of success with it uh, or they've been able to, you know, reverse their illnesses that they've been struggling with for a long time. And uh, and for the people who stayed still and you know that friend comes back it's um it's a it's a it's a light bulb moment and and uh you know i've had i've had the same thing where you, you and and you know this applies to anything but someone goes out and makes a change in their life and they come back and and uh they they're a changed person but you've been in the same area in the same world and and uh you haven't really had any of those changes. And I think um, uh, Meg on Instagram, Bacon and Meg's, she says this perfectly. Well, like she, she lost 192 pounds using the ketogenic diet. And she said, you know, for a lot of people, they don't let the process change them. Um, and this was a huge thing for me. I was like, oh my God, yes. Um, they don't let that journey change them. They, they still want to be the same person, just 192 pounds lighter. Um, and it yeah. doesn't happen like it, it doesn't happen that way. You need to let the process change you. And I think that's so important too. Like when, when talking about the ketogenic diet, it's like you need to let that diet change you. You need to be able to see the other side to know whether it's right for you because, uh, you know, obviously with doctor supervision and, 
uh, and, and talking to a nutritionist is going to help 100,000%. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like getting in and, and not being scared of something like that and not being scared of something changing you, I think is really important too. It's kind of funny, man. Like I used to not have, like I've always considered myself a pretty confident person, but previously I didn't really have any basis for that confidence. Like I had no reason to be confident. I had not accomplished anything <laughs> noteworthy in life. Um, but then when I, when I really just started putting myself out there and being okay with just falling flat on my face and failing, if it happened to, to happen, to, to work out that way and being okay with that, that's when I really started to grow. And you hear this all the time, like it's really cliche, but it's true. I mean, like when I said, okay, I'm just not following the path that my parents and like society deems right. So I pretty much just like bodybuilding, like nobody in my family bodybuilds. So I did that and I'm sitting here, you know, I got my, my grandparents coming to watch my first show and here I am posing in, in little Speedo trunks, you know, like <laughs> yeah. totally outside of my comfort zone. And then I did it again, you know, with the business and branching out and creating a business. And it, there's just so many things in life. Like I moved way up north and into Washington and so far away from all my family and all my support. And just so many pivotal moments in my life where I've stepped outside of what was comfortable or what was expected of me and, and in fact gone the exact opposite of what society intended for me to do. And those are the moments, those are the defining moments where I can look back on and say, that is where I gained a lot of confidence. Now I have like a true sense of confidence in that anything that happens to me in life, I may not know the answer. I probably won't know the answer, but I feel confident in my ability to figure the answer out. And that is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. You know, um, and it's, and it's funny you say that when you, you know, when you go out and you do these big things um, that you, that you gain confidence from that. But I also think though, that you become less afraid of failing. And I think that's really important too, because because failing in it in itself, like the nature of failing, is 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 very scary, or is like you know what is going to happen. And and the best thing to to do from from you know one side looking over to the other is that what would happen if all of this failed? Um, and you know whether you're trying to start a business, whether you're trying to gain confidence, like what happens if you fail? And and writing that down and putting that onto onto paper, like fear journaling, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, don't don't let it overtake your life. But but uh, you know, setting out the things that you're really afraid of, and and what what would happen if those came true. Um, oftentimes, you they're not as bad as you think. Um, and you know, I, I I did this when I before I left for Europe on my bike trip. Because I could have easily said, "No, I can't. I can't go because the business is taking off. Like, I can't. I can't be riding a bike through Europe. That's silly." Um, and I wrote down. I was like, "Okay, well, what's going to go wrong? The, you know, something might happen to the website. Who's going to be there to fix it?" And I said, "Okay, I'm going to hire someone to to be there if I need them." And I was like, "Okay, that's done. What was next? Oh, wait, that was the only fear. Okay." I'm going. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and that, that was actually from Tim Ferriss's book, right? That that I remember reading that chapter on um oh shoot, I forget what it was called. But he, he did the same thing where he wrote down worst case scenario. I did that same thing. I had a piece of paper and I wrote down worst case scenario yep. for all the things like what if what if my business failed? What if I uh you know got fired when I was working somewhere? Like and I wrote down what the worst possible outcome for that was and 
And like you said, I mean, oftentimes you, you read that back and you're like, well, that's not that bad. Mm. Or you give it to someone else and they read it back for you and they go, yeah, that, that, what, like, what are you worried about? Or alternatively, yeah. they go, you've forgotten these things and you go, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I wasn't worried about yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, de- I, I, I did, um, yeah, that is definitely a Tim Ferriss idea. Um, he, he uh, you know, sets, sets these things like he was very afraid to swim. Uh, and so he learned how to swim and, and conquered that fear. Um, and, and, it, and, you know, when you get good at, at being told no, or when you get good at um, overcoming things that uh, you feel are those little mental barriers, then all of life be- becomes a problem that can be solved as opposed to like a problem that is impossible. Um, and uh, yeah, th- this has gone real deep, by the way. <laughs> but but um, I, I like it, man. I love, I love the deeper the better. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like w- w- when that when that process comes through, uh, at the end of the day, like you've you've really just got experience in in being in chaos, or you've got experience in being uh, in a place where you don't necessarily feel comfortable. And I always go back to this motto of I think about video games in this way. It's like if you're if you're not going up against hard things you're going in the wrong direction and um it's almost like if you're playing super mario and you're going along and you're battling the the boss or like you know you've got to try and get all these coins or whatever it is and it's really hard if you're if you're not going that way you're going backwards right and it's easy because you've already defeated all of the things that you've got to that by that point and and so it's it's really good to sort of look at what you're doing whether that's doing the ketogenic diet or whether that's in life in general, it's like those hard things that you come across are there for a reason. <clears throat> and um, and once you like, it means you're going in the right direction. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's such an important thing to, to think about when, when you have a really stressful day or really, you know, you feel like the world is going to end and, and it's like, I'm going in the right direction because I feel this way. Um, and I, I feel that every no, single you're- day. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Like it's, I talked about this uh, a little bit uh, with Danny Vega on my last podcast, but it's so, so true. I mean, the, the growth occurs in moments when you are afraid you won't make it. Mm. Those are those, you know, really, really deep moments where you really figure out what you're made out of. And it's it's so, so true. So, so much, I take it to the whole other extreme. And like, I, I take it to the extreme of, I oftentimes will make these self-imposed hardships on myself to, you know, amplify the outcome of that. I mean, almost to the point where there's times where I almost wish that I had like some crazy disability or injury or something just to like make my life that much harder so that I could be more of a beacon of light for people that think it's not possible. Mm. Like. Just, it's weird like who wants an injury, but I don't know. I, I love, I've learned to just smile in the face of hardship because I know I'm getting better from it. And when you know that with absolute certainty, nothing is hard. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I, a lot of the people I look up to, um, Kurt Fanley and, and, and Madison, who um, are both elite marathon wheelchair racers, um, and they are the toughest people that I've ever met on social media. <laughs> like I haven't met them in person, but um, they're just my idols because Kurt Fanley, he's like, 
the the Australian champion of, uh, and I think he's 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 won so many gold medals. I think he may have recently retired, but he is just an absolute legend, and he has come up in the face of hardships so many times now that um, you know nothing stops him. And same with Madison now, who is just starting, uh, and and uh, you know she's winning gold medals now, and I think she won in London, um, and yeah, she's she's in that same boat. Like these people don't let their disabilities affect their life. And in fact, they make them, um, you know, better than what they could have ever been. And uh, so, yeah, that's really important. Like thinking about don't, don't ever, don't ever let, and, and Will Smith talks about this as well, actually, <laughs> but um, he, yeah. he, you know, don't, don't let those things that happened to you in your past hold you back from where you need to be tomorrow. I think that's something that's really important to, to, to hear but also to do as well, because you can listen to books and listen to videos and listen to podcasts all you like, but it's until you actually start doing it that that applies to you as well. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, there's, there, I used to do nothing but just read and consume. Like I, I read every single business book, I read every single health, self-help book, every single self-help podcast, like all these self-improvement journals. I mean, I read and consumed so much content. But until you just freaking dive into it, kind of like what we were saying earlier about it, you know, total immersion. I mean, now I don't really have as much time to just consume because I'm so busy creating. But when you're like living the stuff that you read about, that's when you really start to develop yourself as a person. And then you, then the weird things start happening, like good things, but weird things. And the, you start building these habits and you start subconsciously you know, gravitating towards the habits that you read about in the first place so that it becomes just a natural um, a natural thing and then it becomes effortless. And then when you reach that stage, I don't know, it just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, <laughs> people seem to jump in sooner than, than later. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like reading those books, as you said before, like um, have set you up for a certain amount of success as well because, uh, you know, like you, you ebb and flow with, with uh you know consuming content and creating content and most of the time you're too busy to consume contents because you're making so much content like that that just happens but um you know i'll get to points where i i don't know what to create next i'm like what do i create next now and and you think about all of those times like for me i was driving back and forth to work all the time or riding back and forth to work and i'd have two hours every day to just consume books i was consuming a book a week and and you think back to those days you're like what would those books have told me to do right now and and it gives you this mm-hmm. certain knowledge that um is is really important in those tough times but yeah like i i i was the same like i created uh sorry i consumed content like crazy and it wasn't until i actually started applying it that it all made sense um but that that's what that content is there for you know like it's there to oh yeah it it gives you perspective too yeah you know like if if you read somebody else's story and then you find yourself faced in a similar situation then you can pull that from your memory of wow okay this guy was in a similar situation and he made it work so i know it's possible Mm. and just being able to simply you know remove yourself from your own bubble and reflect on somebody else's you know situation that really helps i think yeah for sure You, you know what i've been doing recently um i I, I used to get so consumed on uh, what other people were doing. And so like when you get into this point where you, where you do start creating content, so you've, 
you've moved past the consuming content, you start creating content, and then you get to this point where you're like, everyone else is like creating better content than I am. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it's a really tough situation to be in because it's one that you think you shouldn't be in. Um, but it's just, you're not drawing inspiration from the right areas. And, uh, and I go back and, and, and read autobiographies of, of people from different areas. Like I read an autobiography from Bradley Wiggins, the 2012 Tour de France winner. And his story is amazing and you, and you can pull creativity from anywhere to start putting into your own content. And that's often where the best things come from. Like if you think about Skrillex in music, he brought heavy metal and, and um, electronic music together and created dubstep, you know, <laughs> those, the, those yeah. things are, it's like when the two different areas come and join together, that's when something new and creative is happening. Um, and so I try and think about that every single day. It's like, what you know what other areas of the world can i be pulling experience from to make the things that i'm doing exponentially better than what they could have been i don't know that's yeah that <laughs> shower thought no i agree i agree i think that's one it's one of the benefits of like traveling and getting outside of your immediate surroundings you know as soon as you're exposed to other areas other personalities other uh you know societal norms you're able to kind of think so much more creatively. Even if I just like take a drive to a different city and I see something new and interact with different people like that does my creativity wonders. You know, just simply getting outside your own bubble is huge. Mm, yeah. I learned a lot about this um, riding through Europe at the time. And, um, you know, I was there with four other guys. And so we're, we're five people. It's, it's a group that's big enough to just um, – not have a clear cut direction on what everyone wants to do. And so what we used to have is we used to have these things called Zekis and it was basically like the cut down version of an executive decision. Um, and if, if someone made a decision, you know, maybe, maybe we said, okay, let's, let's go down this, this path. Uh, and, and everyone's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether that path is the right one. And, and you're like, well, you've got to call it. Who's 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 going to make the decision? So someone makes it, and then from that point on, you cannot you cannot think about what if you made the other decision or you know what if you talk about the other, yeah. the other path. Um, and that's so powerful. And and like I draw so much inspiration now from that that thinking. Uh, and that you only get that from traveling with a group of five guys. You know, <laughs> like uh, you you don't get to make. Um, those types of revelations on a, on an everyday basis, but but then you come back and you apply that to everyday life, and you're like, I'm making executive decisions all the time, and and the problem that I'm facing a lot is that you go back and you think, what if I did it the other way? Um, and even if it falls flat in your face, like you you committed to it a hundred percent, and and it just didn't work out, and you can't get, and you can't always be like. I told you to go the other way. You're always wrong. Like, you know, (laughs) it just, that sort of stuff just fades away when you start just committing to it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. There's a lot to be said for that, especially like when, so that you make a decision and then you have to go all in after that. There's no, there's no looking back. There's no regretting. And it's kind of crazy, man. Like so many people, I'll catch myself doing this every once in a while. Like if there's something that I don't have any control over, I'll find myself dwelling on it and it just like exhausts me. 
and then I, I recognize what's happening and then I like snap out of it. But if there's nothing that you can do to change the situation, then you just have to freaking embrace that situation and make the most of what that situation can become. So many people spend so much time dwelling on things that they have no control over mm. and that zaps them of all their their energy, their uh, productivity, their their zeal for life. And that's that's the sad reality. Like as soon as you know that you can't control it, then, I mean, spend your energy controlling the things that you can and don't worry about the things you can't. I mean, that just to me seems like a an easy way to gain your life back. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that is that is such an important thing too you know like even just writing down or or make sure that you know that about the things that you can change um because yeah you you catch yourself like just autonomously thinking about things that you you should change but um you know ultimately you're outside of your control or like i can't believe that person at the shops was so rude to me i i'm gonna dwell on this for the next hour and spend 10 hours thinking about what i could have said back to them and you're like just don't do that be a good person and just move on <laughs> like uh, you know and 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 that applies to diet as well if you think about um you know if you're in a particular situation and and for some reason you have a lapse of judgment and you have this terrible meal and it was delicious and whatever and and you spend the next 4 days trying to fix that by like not eating or or you know, eating one meal a day or like trying to like punish yourself for the for the for the slip up that you had it's like no, you just understand what made you have that reaction and then just don't do that again and stop punishing yourself for it. Um, because I, I find that a lot. It's like what, you know, I've, I've, had a, a, I've had a cheat meal and or you've, you, you've eaten something that's outside of the ketogenic diet food list, right? And, and you feel so bad about it and, and the guilt that comes along with that. And, and I really just, I, I, I don't like that thinking style. It's like, you, you either prevent it before it even happens or you don't worry about it and just continue on and you just get back on the train. Like, um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that that sort of style of thinking? No, I, I totally agree, man. Like I, I get a lot of questions. People will say, hey, I went off keto. I binged, yada, yada, yada. What do, you, what do I need to do to get back on? Um, and they'll often be, you know, questioning because they're curious as to whether or not they should, you know, fast for a day or more than a day and i always tell them not to do that because that's that's what often leads to like the yo-yo dieting yeah, approach yeah. which is more detrimental than positive mm. um you know getting back on track i mean the most i'll ever say is push back the the first meal of your day a little bit later just to kind of give yourself a longer fasting window but still hit your total macros for the day mm. um but yeah don't don't like try and starve yourself by any means and honestly like that's i mean yeah I think having that punishment approach, I'm pri I punish myself in, in ways like I, I'm really hard on myself. But when it comes to nutrition, like be proactive. And then when something happens, be as reactive as you can in a healthy manner. But don't try and like punish yourself and beat yourself up for it because that's almost inevitably going to lead to having a negative relationship with food. And then that's where things really go downhill. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like I, um, I just, uh, I'm probably like three quarters of the way through the book now. Um, it's called a book called Brain of a Binge, and it was recommended to me by Meg, who I was talking about before. And um, and it's a fantastic book because they sort of talk about uh, this idea that you have 
two two mindsets um and when you when you have these habits of like create uh you know um craving carbs or craving the things that you can't have your body tricks you into thinking that you need that just as much as you need oxygen or water or and it's just because you've built up a habit with that you know particular thing um and it's and it's important to know that that part of your brain can't actually control your arms to to get that it's you know it can sometimes uh, uh you know take over without you thinking about it but being mentally aware and just being really mindful of of the things that you are doing um can can ultimately help you in the long run because um you know oftentimes people get into those situations because of either social pressure or or they just haven't thought about the the negative consequences of triggering that action so i know for me too much coffee can trigger um uh, uh you know eating too much food or eating too much of the wrong foods and i know that so i just have to limit my caffeine and and so understanding what happened in the first place can be the best solution for next time but not to like try and fix it every time not uh, fix it like reactively um but yeah no i totally agree like um pushing the first meal out a little bit is a good idea um because it sort of gives your body a little bit of time to to use up that extra energy um but then yeah just keep eating your macros cuz that is more important like the consistency and and you're a, you're an incredibly consistent person i have to say <laughs> um and uh you know it's really inspiring because consistency um you know doing things in 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 the face of of uh, of failure or in the face of um what happens if if this doesn't go right um that's what consistency is it's like you know i i i i created youtube videos for for a long time and then i and then i stopped because i was like what is this ultimately achieving what what am i what am I, what am i doing and that that's not a consistent thought like how do you how do you go through and say this is what i'm doing and this is the days that i do it and 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 then i'm going to build myself from there like what what is that process i i want to know that for myself and i'm sure some listeners might want to as well <laughs> Um so that's a really good question and that's probably like my strong suit I guess as, as far as like just how to you know bulldog through a consistent task and honestly man like I look at my lifestyle and I look at you know what it is I'm trying to accomplish and from like a bodybuilding like I learned so much about life and business through bodybuilding man like bodybuilding is the epitome of consistency <laughs> like you have to be consistent with your food you have to be consistent with your training period. I mean, like you cannot cheat getting, you know, the, the muscular symmetry and definition of a portion. I, mean, I guess you can if you take steroids, but still you have to put in the work. Um, but like that is the epitome of like, you can't, you can't hack the system and do that overnight. Like it takes time mm -hmm. and building a habit out of that from the training and nutrition has spilled over into my business endeavors. And it's like, okay, you know, if, if I if I hack away at this YouTube game for the next 70 years of my life, what am I going to show for it? Or what am I going to have to show for it? And, you know, I, I can see that if I do that consistently, you know, year after year after year, I'm going to have a huge foundation. I'm going to have a huge base. I might not have like a viral video that gains a whole bunch of subscribers overnight, but if I just add one subscriber a day for the next 70 years, you know, I'm just going to be able to chip away at it. And the same thing with my podcast, the same thing with, 
you know, the email newsletters I put out, the same thing with everything I do. Every, every decision I make in life is predicated by, can I maintain this forever and look forward to it and just put my head down and get to work and make it happen. And when you have that kind of outlook towards anything, you can chip away at it and it's going to grow and you're going to have an exponential compounding growth over time. That's so inspiring. Damn it. <laughs> it's so good, you know, because like I think um, you, you, you're often looking for shortcuts or you're looking for things to, to do that, uh, you know, like, and, and I think this sort of like goes against the whole 80-20 rule is that, um, uh, that you should be doing the right things and and not the wrong things, but you should be doing those consistently. And, um, you know, you, you're not always going to see 20% of those things are going to be 80% of the results. Like it, it's not always going to happen. Um, and to have, have the thought in your, your head that it's self-improvement and by doing that for yourself, you're helping other people. Um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. I, I like that idea because I, tr- I struggle with consistency. That's something that it's, it's not my strong point. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, man. Like you and I both have a, a very you know deep interest and respect for Tim Ferriss and his protocols. Uh, and like honestly, his book, Before I Work Week, redefined how I look at business. Mm. But a lot of the, what I've found success in, actually probably the most of what I've seen success in has been a result of pretty much doing the exact opposite of what he recommends in a lot of ways. Like it's very, very distant from the whole 80-20 protocol. I've taken pretty much my business outlook and honestly like my training outlook and everything. And and if you were to compare, if you were to combine Tim Ferriss with like Gary Vaynerchuk and playing like the long game (laughs) approach, that's kind of what you would get. I was actually watching some Gary V last night and <laughs> he's such an inspiring dude. But yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because um uh you know for for people who are out there working for someone else or even if they're working on their own project um and you want to have a life outside of that, uh that that's where I struggle with it because you know, I could work I could work twenty three and a half hours a day. Uh, and still got still not get everything done um and yeah. you have to sort of apply the 80 20 principle to the things that you need to get done and that's just priorities really but then with within that scope you need to find what is sustainable for the amount of time that you've allocated for yourself um and then double it because everything always takes double the amount of time and I learned this a lot, a lot from being a developer. It's like you have to sort of quote how long something's going to take you. Uh, and you say, okay, four hours. And then they say, okay, double it because it's probably going to be eight hours because you're going to run into some problem that you don't know quite how to fix just yet. Uh, and and that can, that's, just, that's just life. You know, like if you, if you need to start a physical product company, I'm, I'm sure that you, you would have come across these things that, that were like, all right, you know, making these bricks is going to take me eight hours. And then you find out that it takes 14 and you're like, oh no, <laughs> but you just do it. Yeah, you no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you definitely have to have time management and prioritize, but yeah, at the same time, you got to figure out what is your like core and then just double down and play the long game with that. Cause if you do that, and you're 100% true to yourself in doing that, then 
that's much easier to sustain over extended periods of time because you don't have to fake it. Like it just comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, like, and I think back to when I was starting the website, um, I was working full time during the week and then literally Friday night would be game on. I'm cooking. I'm cooking all weekend. <laughs> and, uh, and I loved it. Like taking, you sort of have to wait until it's daytime to take photos, but you can test at nighttime. So you can test all these recipes and you can, take photos during the day because I didn't know how to use artificial lights at the, at that point. Um, but you know, yeah. using, using the time that you've got to, to fully maximize the things that you believe are going to be ultimately responsible for what you become in the future. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great way of thinking about it. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take a leaf out of you and, and uh, be more consistent with that in mind. <laughs> We're going to have to have one on the podcast, man, because we didn't even really dive into like the specifics of keto or nutrition at all. We just kind of talked mindset and business, which I love. Yeah, I love it too. Um, man, we'll, have to have, we'll have to have a part two, man, and really just dive into the weeds on cooking and nutrition oh, yeah. and kind of some of the things that you've learned in the whole ketogenic realm. Yep, yep, for sure. And and uh, maybe I can give people a teaser. Um, I have plenty and plenty of hacks for people who hate cooking uh, and and need to learn how to um, make things with with very little ingredients i always always think about one of my friends uh his name is sam and um we used to be able to give him uh it, it, it was like a, an ultimate craftsman he could make anything and uh we always used to joke that you could give him a toothpick and an avocado and he could build a bridge over the over the creek you know like <laughs> it's just and the same thing applies with food you need to know how to make a really like not a fantastic piece of meat tastes really awesome. Uh, and yeah, I've got, I've got a few hacks on how to do that. Yeah. We'll dive into that for sure. Because I think, you know, sim simplifying your food and your food preparation is, is key because it just takes away the excuses and I, I hate excuses. So anything that can take away excuses, I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And excuses ultimately lead to, to not doing it. And, uh, and, we want to make this as approachable and simple and easy as possible. Uh, well, that's 100%. my goal anyway. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, where, where can people go to find out these hacks? Well, um, I've got a YouTube channel. So type in Fat for Weight Loss. You're going to find me there. I've got a Facebook page. Type in Fat for Weight Loss. You'll find me there. Instagram as well. Uh, Instagram's fantastic. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun on there with just, you know, stories and posts and whatnot. Uh, and then I've, I've got a website, fatforweightloss.com.au, Australian. Yes, I know. <laughs> .au is the Australian thing. Uh, and then I've also got a new website called completeketodiet.com, which is a membership all about you know trying to help people with their ketogenic diet. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll link out to all those, man, to make it easy for people to, to find you and, and get your content, brother. No worries, man. I, I, I just wanted to, to say thank you for having me on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it and I really appreciate you taking the time out because, um, you know, time, time is important. And uh, as we were talking about on this podcast, I, I just really appreciate you prioritizing this and making this happen. So, so thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I really appreciate your time. I mean, this is, I've been able to, I mean, shoot, you look at what we're doing right now. Like we're talking, we're in two different countries. You're in Australia, I'm in the States. And we have a shared passion. I mean, how much? I mean, how, how much cooler can you get? You know, uh, it's crazy. Like the, I, I had no idea this this thing could have existed seven, ten years ago. Like 
who would have thought and and to be able to do podcasts like it's my dream come true like oh also i have a podcast of my own but um but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be uh it's called the fat for weight loss show um and i started that one purely because i just wanted to start a podcast and i thought it was important and i think it is uh and uh and podcasts are fantastic so yeah thank you for having me on your podcast too i really appreciate it absolutely and well let's do it again and we'll, we'll dive into the, the nutrition side of things more for sure for sure part two keto hacks <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it well until then brother man take care no worries thank you very much Thank you.